Hey, so this is Derek, and I am here with Gabe Patillo, who is an amazing, incredible performer. He is the hype man, background singer, tour producer for Toby Mac, and he's also a producer of Married to the Games podcast and an incredible voiceover artist. He is living the dream life for real. <laughs> Welcome, Gabe, to the Make a Fun Island podcast. Thanks so much for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah, man. So I, you know, I was telling you just now, like, you know, the people I want to talk to is exactly people like you because mm. you have been living the creative lifestyle for a long time. Like, mm -hmm. no joke, you make a living at it. You've been doing it for, you know, like I said, quite a while. You're, you're a very long time. seasoned. You're mm -hmm. very seasoned. <laughs> All the seasonings. <laughs> in, a, in, a, in a good way, in the best yeah. way possible. And so, like, that's kind of what I like to dig into is, like, what is our lifestyle like? You know, like, mm. what is it really like to be in the trenches, you know, earning money as a musician or an artist just in general? And so right. tell me a little bit about, you know, uh, how long you've been performing, you know, what you've been doing with Toby Mac, you know, for yeah. these last number of years. So just bring us up to speed. Yeah, I mean, I came up in a, uh, I came up in an artist's home. My dad, uh, Leon Patillo, was a singer, still is a singer. Um, and, uh, and so I kind of was always around this. And then my mom, uh, they did things in tandem. So I think she, <laughs> she sold what I heard later was referred to as Jesus junk, like mm. at the merch table, <laughs> like with she had the bobbleheads yeah. and the buttons right. and, and all that yeah. stuff. And, and then yeah. she moved on when they split up, uh, she moved us to Nashville and mm -hmm. where I live now. And mm -hmm. she worked for a company called Star Song was one of her first jobs yeah. uh, here. And so and then has worked her way up. And now she's the, the president of the Gospel Music Association, who is responsible for putting on the Dove Awards. And so mm -hmm. I've always been around this. And so around creatives and around uh, wh what I've actually grown to call myself is like an editor. Like I'm, I'm OK. I, I work lockstep with creative people all mm -hmm. the time. And yeah. I feel like um, sometimes I'm best used when something's laid out and I go, hmm, what if we did X, Y, Z and try mm -hmm. to, you know, outdo what we've done. And so, yeah, man. So, I, I mean, I've been performing on stage and I mean, since I was young, I think 10 years old. Oh, what, with first, your dad? Uh, Were you performing with your dad? <laughs> no. I, oh, no. Was a, okay. I was a dancer uh, for DC Talk, actually. There was a. Oh, Oh there wow! So a, you go you go way back. I with go Toby way Mac. back with Toby, and so um, they had wow. two kid dancers in the mm -hmm. early '90s that would come out with them. They had like three grown up dancers and two mm -hmm. kid dancers, and I was actually one of those. Um, yeah. And then kind of moved from that, went back to school, which seemed extremely boring after going on tour for a year. Um, mm -hmm. And then every summer, my mom would sign me up for a thing called the Young Continentals. And uh, oh, which I yeah. don't think is around anymore. But yeah, the Continental uh, Singers was. Yeah, the, the Continental thing. Singers. Yeah, yeah, yes. yeah. And so mm -hmm. they had young Continentals for a long time. And so for three mm -hmm. years, I did that during the summers. And that's load up mm -hmm. on a bus, you and, you know, 36 other sweaty, smelly right. children. And, <laughs> and uh, you know, like five yeah. adults is what it felt like. You go stay in host homes and sing in churches. And so um, that kind of thing kept my chops up as as i was i was i was growing up and i really wanted to do theater um things didn't end the best between my mom and dad and so i didn't mm -hmm. always want i didn't want to necessarily follow in his footsteps of doing music uh um, gotcha i wanted to do theater and so all during high mm -hmm. school that's what i did i stopped singing 
um, professionally at at any level and um, just did plays and just did like, Mm -hmm. you know, video things here and there for Brentwood music kids and stuff like that. And um, and like even as far as like I didn't even sign up for musicals like I didn't want to sing, period. I just wanted to Mm. act. And so, um, but that kept me on stage and that kept me working in a team environment, which I really, really adore. Everything that I've gotten to do um, professionally has been in a team setting. And I absolutely love that. I would never want to be the guy on stage playing piano, singing by myself. There's Mm. incredible artists that do that. Just for me personally, I love working as a team. Um, Mm -hmm. So I love uh, the, the position that I've had with Toby for the last 20 years and um <laughs> yeah and so yeah and so it's grown from just you know hype man to more of a background singer instead of just like mm-hmm. kind of bringing the party and then working with him in tandem to uh produce the hits deep tour that we have uh every year yeah and so for most people who may not be familiar with you like when you go mm-hmm. see toby mack you you are the most second most visible person on stage. <laughs> yeah, maybe third like, most behind Terry and the girl that sings with us. I'll okay, take third yeah. place. But uh, yeah, 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 I'm right. I'm yeah, right up there sweating for a living for sure. Yeah, you're usually jumping all around and <laughs> yes, sir. playing drums and doing somersaults and yeah, mm-hmm, all mm-hmm. kinds of crazy stuff. Yeah, that's right. So you're, you're that dude. <laughs> I'm that guy. I'm that guy. They're like, who is that guy? I'm that guy. <laughs> so tell me. Well, actually, okay. So one thing I. I, I didn't realize, and I guess I should have made this connection. I never hmm. knew that Leon Patillo was your dad because he is yeah. a legend. He is a legend. <laughs> um, and, yeah. and the reason why he's a legend is because he really, I feel like, you know, I mean, going back kind of like Christian music history, gospel mm-hmm. music history, you know, mm-hmm. you had you had back in the like fifties and things, right? Like you had like, um, kind of like white gospel quartets yep. r- running parallel to traditional gospel music. Mm-hmm. And I think then would they break that out of the Southern gospel? Is, is that what they would Southern call gospel? Or? Yeah. I guess yeah. you could yeah, mm-hmm. call it Southern gospel. Um, and then we kind of got into the sixties and that's when like Larry Norman, who's kind of like considered the first Christian rock, artists mm-hmm. to kind of come out and then we had kind of like the jesus movement jesus people mm-hmm. all that and then that that broke open a lot of doors that led to like keith green second right. chapter of acts mm-hmm. um and there were yeah amy grant and then michael yeah w. late Smith, 70s and then, 80s mm-hmm. yeah and so then that that became what we now know as the contemporary christian music industry or ccm music Mm-hmm. And what was interesting about your dad, at least my this is my view, just my recollection as a yeah. as a fan, um, is that he was like one of the first black artists to be participating like on the billboard charts in mm-hmm. the cr- contemporary Christian in the CCM format. Yep. And it's interesting because you and I were talking because we we met kind of through Toby Mac's band and a mutual friend, Mr. Talkbox. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Byron, Byron, Mr. Byron, Talkbox, Mr. Chambers. Talkbox Chambers. Chambers. Yeah, baby. <laughs> yeah, amazing man. Um, five Super Grammys, talented. Five Grammys with Bruno Mars here recently. Holy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah. yeah. And um, and anyway, so when I, ha- I had signed Byron to my independent label, Save the City Records, and as I was marketing him, 
I started doing a bunch of research on the Christian contemporary Christian music industry and black artists and like mm. and the billboard charts. Mm-hmm. And I had found that besides BB and CC Winan and Leon Patillo, <laughs> mm. it had basically been about 40 years since a solo male black artist had been on the CCM billboard charts Jeez. without the feature, the lead feature of a white artist, you know, because some people oh, would say, interesting. Because some people would say, okay, well, Lecrae, you know, recently. Um, mm-hmm. Well, and this was, I mean, there's been a few things that's changed in the last few, few years, but just, I'm just going back like five or six years. Like Lecrae uh, had a big hit with For King and Country, and it was marketed mm-hmm. as For King and Country with Lecrae. Mm. Or they had, or Kirk Franklin with Toby Mac. So it was really more Toby Mac featuring Kirk Franklin. <laughs> Interesting. Mm. Right? But uh, but a solo male black artist could not be found on the Billboard chart since wow. your dad or that's BB crazy BB and CC Winan. Yeah, outside of yeah, because yeah, outside of any kind of gospel yeah uh, world, which is what was interesting is that they always called my dad gospel, but the music wasn't mm-hmm. gospel. He was just right. black. <laughs> you know what I'm right. saying? And so yeah, his music was pop. You know, he came up. Um, you know, he came up with Earth, Wind and Fire and, you know, he was the yeah. lead singer of Santana before he got saved. And so yeah. that's the music that he was doing. And he just kind of continued doing it with, you know, but he got radically saved uh, in the late mm-hmm. 70s. And, yeah. um, and so that's kind of where, you know, he just changed who he was singing to and what he was singing about. Not necessarily the music because the music didn't have a sound yet. You know, mm-hmm. now you can make the argument that you could flip channels and be like, oh. That's a Christian station, even without knowing the content right. of the music. Um, back yes. then, they're just doing music. You know, we went through a really yeah. weird time in the late 90s and early 2000s where they felt like Christian music was just copying um, general market music, but was like, yeah. you know, six months to three years behind. Um, <laughs> right. But At least. back then, yeah, right. <laughs> but back then, um, everybody was just making music, you know, and, yeah. and, and who you sang to and what. What you sang about was the only difference, really. Right, right. So anyway, so I see your dad as a trailblazer, and it mm. just blew my mind. I'm like, oh my goodness, I've, I've fin- <laughs> I finally made the connection that you're his son. Because yeah, I, I always knew your mom was you know, the head of the Gospel Music Association, was, which is mm-hmm. amazing. Um, and so it, that's just super, super cool. So I just want to say your, your family's trailblazing and you're c- carrying the Listen, torch. It's big yeah. shoes to fill. That's for sure. It's, it's yeah. you know, it's, and I'm honored to have uh, two parents that have had such an impact in the Christian music um, realm uh, because mm-hmm. I think Christian yeah. music, as much as I can get frustrated with it as a business, I think is still vitally important. Um, and so I'm, I'm glad to push the needle or continue to hold a torch or shine a light on uh, Christian music where I can and where, you know, where, where I feel like I can be excellent because if you can't be excellent, then it's like, man, like why yeah. do it? You know? Yeah. Um, and so, yeah. And so you and I were just chopping it up before we got on here and um, hit the record button. And we were talking about uh, Mr. Talkbox and his, his Grammy wins with Bruno Mars. And we, mm-hmm. you know, I was, funding a couple of his albums and trying to market it to uh, Christian radio. Mm-hmm. And I mean, and people were like, well, you know, our audiences don't want to hear talk box. Right. And the funny thing to, to Byron and I, 
we were like looking at the the general market mainstream charts and daft punk was winning grammys and had <laughs> yeah. the number one single in the world at that time and we're yeah. like wait a minute what's so different about your market <laughs> i know i it's you a, know it's like a different people group you know yeah unfortunately so, you know when when i was coming up in 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 youth group it mm -hmm. was way the the demographic for who listened to christian music was way wider i feel like than it yeah. is now and so right. or when you were trying to do it with mr Talkbox, you know where yeah. mr Talkbox maybe in the mid 90s could have worked yeah you know what i'm saying when we have yeah. like pod and and all these people coming that that mm -hmm. you wouldn't even see anything like that on christian mm -hmm. radio now but yeah. there was a there was a time there where like almost anything went yeah well, and I, I think the thing that's great now is that, say, like Lecrae or now Ma mm -hmm. most recently Maverick City, now mm -hmm. we have seen actual, like, racial progress, you know, mm -hmm. um, uh, in the CCM market. Mm -hmm. And, and you know, and that's what's weird about, like, Christian music is that we have this kind of CCM vein and then we have the gospel vein. Yeah. And, like, why can't they meet up? Yeah. Why can't they be in the same... Yeah, why can't they be in the same stream, you know? Mm -hmm. And and that's what a lot of people talk about, too, like Sunday morning, same thing, right, at, at your local they say church. It's the most, <laughs> they say it's the most segregated uh, day of the year, you know what I'm saying, yeah. day of the week. Like, you yeah. know, Sunday morning is when we all go to our separate corners mm -hmm. and talk about not going to our separate corners. We <laughs> <laughs> right. talk about being the right. body as separate yeah. as possible. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's like, we should be the body. It's like you look around, yeah. you're like, ah. I see a lot of just feet in here. You know what I'm saying? It's like, yeah. well, where we mm -hmm. go find some arms and some stomachs and some <laughs> eyes and some, you know. Yeah. Well, and tell me a little bit about that because, you know, you have been part of, in fact, you're wearing the shirt right now. Toby mm -hmm. Mac, Diverse City Band. Yeah. To mm -hmm. Toby's always tried to do his best to yeah. uh, make a diverse band that mm -hmm. reaches a diverse audience, you know? Mm -hmm. So how do you see it from your end? Like being the performer on stage with Toby and like, how, how have you guys tried to do that over the years? Well, you know, Toby's always talked about that diversity never happens on accident. Mm. It rarely mm -hmm. happens on accident. Um, mm -hmm. And so he's been very purposeful, purposeful about putting together his band and, and sure it's easy in CCM, go get you a white band. Everybody white. Mm -hmm. Hey, everybody's good. Yeah, you play drums. Good. <laughs> but he's like, yeah. no, no, no. I don't want to do that. It's not what I stand for. It's not what I've ever stood for. You know, he's from mm -hmm. D.C. And so he mm -hmm. came up in just a melting pot of a lot of different uh, types of people. Um, yeah. Even if like where he was raised wasn't or yeah. his family maybe wasn't diverse. But yeah. he always had the mindset of like, we're better together, you know, yeah. and he loves the flavor that different uh, different cultures bring. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, you know, we were just talking about Lin-Manuel Miranda the other day, who I'm a oh, ginormous yeah. fan of. And like mm -hmm. what he's brought into the musical realm for Disney is insane. Mm -hmm. You know what yeah, I mean? Like right, getting to right. hear all that Latin feel um, mm -hmm. that, you know, we didn't hear. You know, Disney for the longest time was just white bread, great music. <laughs> now, yeah. I, I'm a huge Disney fan. And so I think the writing has always been amazing. But we've never yeah. seen it be so culturally diverse it is, as it is now. You know, we saw them kind of do it with Princess and the Frog. Felt like it was one yeah. of the first times they were like, oh, no, 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 we're, we're branching out. We're doing this, like, swampy New Orleans, yeah. you know, uh, kind of music. Mm -hmm. um, and so, uh, you know, and Toby's always loved that. Toby's always mm -hmm. loved, um, you know, his wife is Jamaican. 
Mm-hmm. You hear a lot of reggae, especially in his early solo music. Um, mm-hmm. DC Talk was always rap and rock. Um, mm-hmm. And so uh, I think that, you know, and, and he's just, it's been something that's on his mind and something that he goes after. And mm-hmm. I think that we always, as a people, unfortunately, to Toby's point, my church, which is uh, majority white, can mm-hmm. say all they want that they want it to be diverse. But mm-hmm. unless you go and chase it, it's not going to happen. You just mm-hmm. saying it to 100 white people is not going to make it diverse. But mm-hmm. you going and searching out a black pastor or a black leader in the community and bringing him into your church and saying, yeah. hey, this guy is going to head up this, that, and the other. And then he can speak that language that brings other people that look like him to the church. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And so I think that's one of the things that it's, it's one of the big misses. You know what I'm saying? People like yeah. being around mostly people that they look like. And so it's not just a mm-hmm. white problem. You know, we have black church as well. And so, yeah. um, but I think that, you know, it's, it's, it has to be something that you're chasing after. It's not just going to come to you. I don't think. Yeah. That's a great point. So where does, where does diversity go from here? Like, what have you guys talked about as like the next generation? Have you guys been talking about mm. that? Like, well, I mean, you know, you Toby's know? got goatee records and, um, the last couple artists that he's been very, uh, involved with have been, uh, black artists, uh, okay. Um, is the is mm-hmm. one of the new um, artists that he signed, Jamie Grace, a couple years ago. Yeah, and, yeah. And that's a thing that's very purposeful for him too, um, because mm-hmm. he knows again. In our in our sphere, it is very yeah. easy to find a white guy that plays a guitar and writes a good song. That they are <laughs> yeah. everywhere. Um, yeah, and we exactly. hear him on the radio, and and what's in- yeah. interesting about CCM right now is I feel like the women are having a great little uh, getting some shine right now, which is finally. Great because yeah, finally, yeah. because Christian yeah. radio has been run by uh, white men, not run by yeah. at the top. Yes, that too, but run yeah. by as as far as the Jeremy Camps and Third Days and Mercy Me's yeah. and the Toby Max even. Um, mm. And so, you know, I, 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 he that's what he wants to do. He wants to pour into the next generation, and doing mm-hmm. that is difficult because yeah. the um, arena and the ear of the Christian music listener has narrowed. And so mm-hmm. when you want to force some swag in there, it, yeah. it doesn't always take. And so yeah. then you have to look at it and you're like, okay, do I want to sign somebody that will sing songs that Caleb will play mm-hmm. because Caleb is a behemoth and, you know, good people trying to do great things? Mm-hmm. Or do we go the Lecrae route, which yeah. takes a lot longer, costs more money. Yeah might be yeah. more you know but the fandom is deeper the roots are deeper to mm-hmm. that fan base uh because you kind of went the grassroots way played every little side thing you can you know it felt yeah. like it felt yeah. like lecrae happened overnight to a lot of people for those of us that know his yeah. story we're like this joker been doing this for a long time he just didn't <laughs> he played a lot on... of youth groups yes a lot of youth... <laughs> and so you know it's yeah. just two different business models yeah. and and one is really really hard and toby's yeah. um toby can flex all his muscle it hits deep but his mm-hmm. deep is, you know, is he's partnered with Caleb on that. And mm-hmm. so, you know, there's a certain we can't we can't do everything we just want to do because we, yeah. we we are we have partnered up with people that that don't necessarily stretch as far as we want to. But mm-hmm. he's been it's been really awesome for him to be able to have Aaron Cole and who's a, a black rapper and Tarion, yeah. who kind of leans R&B ish uh, with yeah. her music. And he puts them on these tours. Now, yeah. they might not be getting played on K-Love, 
but yeah. he's putting him in front of that audience so that they at least have an opportunity to see that it's not just Crowder and Kane and unspoken. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And right. so that's I feel like that's where that's where he's that's well, where he's trying to flex his you're, muscle. You're being a little gracious, and I guess I'm a little <laughs> more visionary here. And I would say that it's it's actually Christian Radio's job to lead, sure. not to because they can lead if they want to. Mm-hmm. Like I mean, like you think of like I mean, let's take XM Radio and country artists, right? They know, and I've talked to some people there, they know that they have enough sway and audience size. They can break country artists on mm-hmm. the, you know, the Sirius XM country station. Absolutely, yeah. Single-handedly, they can break artists. Mm-hmm. You know, K-Love in our market can break artists if they want to. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I think there needs to be more done <laughs> yeah, to I mean, break sure. female artists, black artists. Mm-hmm. Particularly, mm-hmm. like I'm revisiting what I'm saying earlier, black solo black male artists. That's a very Absolutely. interesting mm-hmm. demographic that you know a lot of people think. Oh, it's fine, it's fine, it's fine. No, it's not fine. Look at the Billboard yeah. chart; it tells you. <laughs> but you know what's interesting is that you know? the the we looked a couple of weeks ago, and you in the top five, you had like I think her name's Katie Nicole at number one, mm-hmm. which is a girl, mm-hmm. and then you had. Um, uh, not at number two, but then you had uh, Blessing Offer with his song. Actually, he was number mm-hmm. two. And then mm-hmm. you had um, John Reddick with God Turn This Thing Around. So yeah. you had, yeah. a, you had a, a girl at number one. And then in that top five to top seven area, you had two solo black men. And so Good. you're like, yeah. okay, that's progress. Something. Yes, yeah, it's, progress. It, I, I remember I, hear, yeah. I heard, a, uh, I think it was from something my daughter was listening to. And mm-hmm. one of the lyrics in the song, it's some, I think it was, it's some Disney something. And it said, uh, even baby steps are, are movement. And yes. I was like, oof. <laughs> yeah, even baby steps are movement. Like, mm-hmm. even though it's not exactly mm-hmm. what I want it to be, where I want it to look like, you know, just salt and pepper all over the place. But <laughs> right. yeah. for a while there, it was just salt. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know what oh, I mean? so, that's I'm what I'm saying. That we, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's pepper. So, yes, it's not moving as fast as me and you might want. But mm-hmm. I do think that they are trying. But I think that sometimes you you get worried about serving and mm-hmm. maybe don't know how to lead because your gear is to serve. Right. And so they want right. to serve the audience that they know they have. And so yeah. I think, you know, that and comes with that as playing it safe. I think, you know, as a husband and father, I've done that, you know, especially yeah. like financially. My mom, my wife might be like, oh, we should take a chance. I'm like, mm. <laughs> but y'all still want to eat tomorrow, right? And like three times a day, like all y'all want to eat three times a day. And so, you know, I, I think that could be scary for some people. But I know that they've yeah. had um, they've had a, a they've had a mix up in the leadership over there over the last couple mm-hmm. of years. And I, I know mm-hmm. there are people that care about some of the same things that me and you were talking about, and it might not be yeah. at the forefront of their minds, but I, I yeah. do think they are, again, they're good people trying to do a good thing. And, um, and so, yeah. you know, it, it, I think it'll happen. It's just yeah. slow. <laughs> well, and the other realm here too, is just st- the streaming market in general too. Mm-hmm. I mean, cause like talking about Christian hip hop, it's, it's exploded. It's an amazing, very vibrant market. I think one of the most vibrant kind of sectors, I guess, of Christian mm-hmm. music anyway. And um, and it's found its home in streaming because there is no home for it. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> in broadcast yeah. FM. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, even the though there should be a home have, for it. There should yeah. be. There definitely <laughs> should be. But it's yeah. tough, man. It's tough because I think with Christian hip hop, 
Now I make somebody mad, but I'm gonna say this. <laughs> yeah, Christian hip hop ain't where it's supposed to be. Mm, it, there's okay. not enough Why? good artists to play Uh-oh. to fill up a full day's worth. I don't think of. You don't Christian think hip-hop. so? Whoa! I, I'm saying if you, it, now trouble, if you want to, I'm saying that's what I'm saying. But if you were to try, if you if we were to play the game of top forty. Yeah. So you got to go find me 40 Christian hip-hop artists. Yeah. That is tough in itself. I can, I can find them for you. <laughs> oh, you can find them. I can find but, them. <laughs> but then we yeah. have to make sure it's quality on top yeah. of that. Yeah, yeah. And so, and I think I think it's a taller task than even I want to admit because mm. I think you, let's say you find those artists. Mm-hmm. Okay, great. That's one song from each of them. That's 40 songs. How many yeah. do we need for all week for that radio station not to sound extremely redundant? Yeah, right. Well, you know what I'm saying? Cause I, I you can't was, play well, seven Lecrae songs. Well, Christian Radio only plays a hundred and something songs anyway. <laughs> they're, yeah, only that's playing, very true. they're only playing 50 artists and 150 songs and, anyway. So Right, and that's how Top 40 is too, right? I mean, yeah. secular radio is the same exact way. They play the yeah. same songs over and over again by, by a yeah. bunch of different artists. Uh, but I just think, and I think it should be done. I just think it's tougher yeah. than yeah. it might seem. Uh, as you okay. as you know, I, okay, you you definitely made some people mad. I didn't I didn't get mad at you, but I I, I could take I no, could I take you to task on that one. So yeah, <laughs> but uh, I get well, it. yeah. So let's um, let's switch gears a little bit and talk about. Actually, this is an interesting intersection point and segue because Caleb, I know that they've made some hires, kind of at the at the executive level, that they've mm-hmm. getting into more like music or movies and that kind of thing. The interesting thing is that, you know, I remember George Lucas saying 98% of major motion pictures lose money. Um, Mm. And so that as a growth story to me is a little weird um, Mm. because, like, that's not going to be a big revenue generator. I mean, you're going to have to make a lot of movies that are terrible to get the one. Mm. I mean, ask ask Netflix how many... How many Netflix shows did they have to make to get a Stranger Things, you know? Right. Absolutely. Yeah, for something to pop. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and so they know that. Amazon knows that. And I just think that's a tall order for something like, you know, a Christian media um, conglomerate, (laughs) I guess you could say, if you want to call it that. Yeah. Um, And so... (laughs) Absolutely. Okay, go ahead. (laughs) Go ahead. No, I'm just saying, I mean, going off of what we were just talking about. Yeah. Woo, some of these movies, boy. (laughs) <laughs> yeah yeah listen it's tough it's tough out here um you know and, and it's yeah. not an easy thing to do that's why when you see an amazing movie it's amazing right uh yeah. because right. it is a hard thing to do because mm-hmm. okay you have budget and then okay yeah. what actors will work inside that budget and then mm-hmm. you want to do just like a cg something and it's like oh lord yeah. like just to do a cg house on fire and make it look right <laughs> yeah. is hard right. you know what i'm saying yeah. and so i, I yeah. mean it's a it's a tall undertaking and we've all seen um we've seen the christian uh movie thing grow um yeah. but it's it's through the fire boy it's it's you know yeah. it's hard to want to tell people to go see certain things and what i hear about christian films most is yeah but the story you have to the the, the message though is good and i'm like i feel you but <laughs> can you just tell me the message like i, I gotta sit for an hour and 45 minutes do some terrible acting um it's tough yeah. it's tough man it's tough tough triple tough yeah well and i'm going somewhere with this 
you know, to, to interface with, I know your passion, which is gaming, because mm-hmm. I've been doing, I've been doing some more research. Did you know that gaming is worth more in annual revenue right now than books, movies, music, and professional sports combined? Did you oh, know yes. that? I definitely yeah. knew that. <laughs> well, I didn't One know the professional title. sports part, but I knew the yeah, other, I knew the that's other recent. three. Yeah. That's recent. Just recently, it has now surpassed also combined you know professional sports in that list as well and so it's crazy people don't really even understand so i would be Mm -hmm. like look if i'm if i'm advising the k-love executive team i'm like no we should be thinking about metaverse things metaverse titles (laughs) building things for the you know the the oculus Mm -hmm. headset forget this movie thing like that's just that's just like russian roulette kind of thing (laughs) like yeah it really is yeah we should we should be going after like things that are trending. Yeah, and indie developers. Gaming. Yeah, I mean, yes, yeah. absolutely. So, so anyway, so your your passion about gaming. So tell us about yeah. kind of your your so stuff in gaming. Here's the hard part. I did a I did a podcast years and years ago uh, with somebody. It was a Christian podcast, and they talked to me about gaming. And boy, they took me to task about gaming. And so I think that there's a super negative connotation. Um, Mm -hmm. with video games and i think that's Mm. why um christian companies wouldn't view that big christian companies there are some people trying to put out some interactive experiences uh in the gaming realm but it's very few and far between but i you know look at how media talks about gaming right every time Mm -hmm. i'm you know it's a sensitive subject i admit but Uh anytime there's a shooting Mm. video games first thing to get brought up right got you and so they're like oh well you know they they played Call of Duty, and you're like, oh, my gosh. You're like, the whole world <laughs> yeah. has video games. Like you said, like, you know, that's, it's such a huge, huge part of our uh, culture here. It, but it's, it's, it's weirdly underground. It's, like, very above ground but kind of underground where, like, grown men don't like to talk about the fact that they uh, play video games. And that's yeah. one of the reasons that we started our podcast. It's called Married to the Games. Uh, yeah. Our tagline is kids, wives, and nine-to-fives, but we're still married to the games. There's four of us. <laughs> All four of us are husbands. Two of us are dads. And uh, and we just talk about video game news every week, and we've been on. Uh, we're going on September will be ten years. Wow! Um, and so we uh, we just celebrated our five hundredth episode a couple weeks ago. We've Amazing. never missed a week. Congratulations! We've, we've thank you. We have been consistent, <laughs> and we're always here. We're just kind of like that little brother to the IGNs and the kind of funnies and all those big guys. Uh, yeah. But we're the you know the, we're the little engine that could. We're like we haven't missed not one week. And um, <laughs> and and you know and some of that stuff is stuff that we tackle obviously from the money mm-hmm. standpoint when you talk about movies and music, um, but also from uh, social standpoints um, as far as in relation to um, when people say, you know, even with, I think it was Parkland uh, where the, the sheriff was coming out and talking about, they like to play violent video games and you're like, Oh mm. my gosh, here we go. Um, yeah. But you know, it's, uh, it's definitely a love of mine. I've, I've been gaming since I was very, very young. My dad was, is a tech mm-hmm. guy. And so he bought me my first, you know, NES and the G- Sega Genesis. And, right. and so I, yeah, I grew up <laughs> playing that stuff and I absolutely love it. And we have a good time talking about gaming every week. Yeah. So what's your favorite, what, what's your, okay. Two questions. What's your yeah. favorite title of all time Ooh, gosh. or, or yeah. franchise? And then mm-hmm. what, what have you been pr- playing recently? And maybe those are okay. the same. I don't know. No, they're not the same. Uh, my favorite video game of all time is yeah. a game called Final Fantasy VII. 
It okay. came out, um, I think, in 1997 in America. Um, mm-hmm. Broke all kind of records when it came out. And it was mm-hmm. my first time that I, like, fell in love with the characters in the game that I was playing. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Everything else has been, you know, just shoot 'em ups or, you know, Mario and, you know, Seg- you know Sonic and all these uh, people. Um, and then the, the thing I beat most recently was a game called Elden Ring. Uh, which oh, is yeah. this really huge open world thing. Uh, I think it was actually a J.R.R. Martin. Is that his name? J.R.R. Martin? Tol- the guy Tolkien. From, uh, no, no, no. The, no. the guy from uh, uh, Game of Thrones. He helped oh, pin okay, yeah. some, of the, uh, some of the characters and helped develop some of the stuff early on. Um, oh, okay. And so, uh, yeah, man, Elden Ring. It was, it was a crazy long game and i somehow mm-hmm. made it through it <laughs> it just took me forever uh but yeah, yeah man I, I i i love it i love the storytelling aspect and so okay. like you know when call of duty comes out yeah i'll play through the campaign see what kind of story they're trying to tell and you know might jump mm-hmm. into some multiplayer with some buddies but i'm not a huge shoot 'em up guy i'm not a huge sports yeah. guy I, I really love story and letting myself just get taken away in that in that realm okay yeah i was going to ask you what what was your favorite part of those games so the story mm-hmm. aspect yeah definitely yeah, storytelling yeah and voice acting i mean it's one of the things that helped me fall in love with uh voiceover artistry is oh, just okay hearing them bring these characters to life and just how incredible um they they are as actors yeah so have you been doing anything in that space now i mean you yeah you're, you're starting to get into that or you've been mm-hmm. doing it a while so so tell yeah. me a little bit about that aspect of things yeah, I've been doing it for a little bit. Dabbled in it uh, at first for I probably dabbled in it for four or five years. The last three mm-hmm. years, I've taken it pretty serious. Um, mm-hmm. Right now, you can hear me as uh, all the promos for uh, baseball MLB on Fox and FS1. Uh, oh, I just very cool! Finished up doing hockey for TNT. Um, oh, nice! Since they're in the Stanley Cup now, uh, so mm-hmm. the TNT doesn't have it anymore. And then uh, the USFL is back on Fox. Oh, uh, some of your interesting. Uh, older <laughs> listeners might remember the USFL yeah. from the 80s. Um, yeah. They are back, and I did all the promos for uh, USFL for Fox as well. So that's, that's, yeah. what, um, that's what I'm working on uh, constantly. Um, over the last little bit, I had a video game that got killed by COVID uh, with Amazon. Oh. That was a really fun learning experience, though, to be able to get in there and do that work. And then uh, mm-hmm. I did some uh, a voice for Nickelodeon not too long ago for a show called It's Pony, which I had never heard of, but <laughs> it was really fun to go over there. I got to do a singing part over there, and it was really fun. Oh, very cool. Yeah, well, we'll have to see if we can draw up some more video game gigs for you. So if you're oh, a video game yeah, producer, baby, come on. you need a come you on, need baby. A, you need a, a dope, versatile, uh, uh, <laughs> I'm here. friendly but husky I'm here. voice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hit Dave me up, man. I'm around. Yes, sir. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, anyway, so, yeah, so back to gaming. I, I, I mean, I, I think what's interesting about gaming is that it's now gone beyond gaming, right? Like, mm-hmm. so do you do you own a VR headset? Did you get into that yet? Oh, yeah. I've got two of them. Yeah, I've got. Okay, so what I've do you got have? The PS, I've got the PSVR for the PlayStation. Okay. And then I've got the Oculus Quest uh, out by Meta now. Um, okay. And I, abs- I absolutely love it. Um, I, I do understand that it's a weird step to take. So it's not like a mm-hmm. first thing I would tell somebody to get. Um, yeah. But you definitely can feel the promise in it. And there's been a couple games that I feel like have completely grabbed onto VR and it makes complete sense. Um, one of them yeah. is Beat Saber. Uh, that's, yeah. It's, a, it's such a great game in the, in the VR space. Um, I, I really, 
I don't know if you're, well, you're going to remember probably, Derek, but like a couple <laughs> years ago, we saw Pokemon Go grab yeah. the whole country by storm, right? Yeah. Everybody was looking down at their phone and catching Pokemon. And I think that yeah. um, the AR side of things, augmented reality is, is a big thing that I feel like hasn't, uh, Pokemon Go was a good first step into it, but I don't know if it's grabbed again since then. Um, but I think that's actually, something that shouldn't quite, be overlooked either. Actually, this is one that's been flying under the radar because Pokemon Go is a huge franchise. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they're, they're, launching, mm-hmm. they're launching even more um, augmented reality titles. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, a, a friend of mine. They did Harry Potter, Pop- I think, as well. Oh, okay, There's yeah. There's a Harry a f- Potter game that's kind of in that same realm, augmented reality, that's mm-hmm. out as well right now. Yeah, a friend of mine um, from college, uh, his name is Mike Quigley. He's, he's the marketing guy for Pokemon Go. So I kind of oh, wow. know. I'm like, he nailed you're it. killing I'm like, you're <laughs> <Yeah>. killing it. <laughs> I mean, they took the world by storm. Like, yeah. we rarely get to see that. You know, and I, yeah. I think we're getting to see so many things that were so rare years ago. Like, mm-hmm. you know, we saw it in Titanic, right, that – the one yeah. song that they wrote for Titanic yeah. was ginormous, right, and huge. Yeah. And then we get to see, you know, uh, we don't talk about Bruno and Encanto mm-hmm. just kind of take yeah. the world by storm. And these yeah. songs that come out of movies. And then, you know, when Pokemon Go grabbed the culture, you were like, this is wild. Like, when yeah. was the last time we saw this? I feel like, you know, it was Mario was like the last thing that everybody, yeah. everybody knows Mario. Everybody <laughs> knows Sonic. And, like, I feel like everybody knows Pokemon Go. They have freaking you know, festivals or whatever in New York and all these yeah. places where they get together in a field and, and play together. So, yeah, I mean, yeah. gaming's gaming's a behemoth that I think people don't realize. Yeah, and I think that there's going to be a lot of people now, I think where it's going next is where people are going to put on their virtual reality goggles mm-hmm. just to hang out. Like, oh, yeah. there's a, I think there's, a, there's an app that you can run, you know, if you have your Quest 2, you know, headset from Meta or mm-hmm. I don't know if they have it. They probably have it for the, the PS uh, VR thing, too. It's called, uh, it's called VR Chat. Mm-hmm. Uh, a, lot mm-hmm. of, a lot of college students use it, and they'll just, like, yeah. you know, all their friends from all over the country or world or whatever, they can just get together in, in the metaverse Absolutely. and hang out and play pool and throw darts and like mm-hmm. play mini golf. And, yeah, absolutely. You know? I was, I was showing my daughter, yeah. you can, you know, even in the, some of the theater things, right. Where they have movies mm-hmm. playing and you're sitting there and you look over and there's people sitting next to you and you know, that yeah. are watching the same movie as you. And yeah, uh, I think, yeah, it's going to, it's going to, you know, ready player one had its, yeah. had its finger on the pulse for sure. <laughs> and you're like, yeah. I don't, you know, I don't know how far it'll go, but I think it'll definitely mm-hmm. get to some scary places where you're like, that's really cool and scary all at the same time. Do you yeah. VR much? Do you are you oh, into I that do. world? I do a lot. I, honestly, I got I got a Quest Two headset about a year ago, a little mm-hmm. over a year ago, and it blew my mind. Like it mm. really blew my mind, and I was like, "This is going to change everything. This is mm. totally going to change everything." Like you said, I think it's going to take a little bit, a while. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, maybe ten years from now. Um, but we're going to see a lot of people wanting and like to to the point of ready player one i think people are going to find the metaverse more compelling than their own lives yeah you know? sure yeah, i mean just absolutely. like today i think of instagram the same way there's so many you know people who want to spend tons of time on instagram because they mm-hmm. find that more interesting than 
talking to their spouse or something. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you you, know? look at World of Warcraft. Yeah. I mean, there's there's mm-hmm. these games that were built years and years and years ago that don't look mm-hmm. any good anymore that people <laughs> still dive into and have their guilds and their clans. And mm-hmm. these are people that they've played. You know, I met a guy in Jersey that I had never met in real life, but we had played together a, a game called um, uh, Counter-Strike. And we had uh-huh. known each other for 15 years. You know what I'm saying? His yeah, was, right. You know, he went by something. He went by Flint Cider. But, like, <laughs> I, you know, I, I met him later at, you know, 15 yeah. years later. And we had been in wow. a clan together and, and all these things and kind of <laughs> done life. You know, we had yeah. entered high school, left high school together. You know, all yeah. these different things. And you're so right. There's, there's, there are communities out there. But I think that VR is going to run into the trouble of putting something on and being blind. So yeah, Microsoft yeah. was working on a thing called a HoloLens for a yeah, while that yeah. you could kind of see through and it kind of yeah. puts things in the world. And I think that's going to be what really grabs. Like if they could yeah. figure out Google Glass, if it wasn't yeah. like ridiculous, you know, um, yeah. I remember putting on a Google Glass and being like, ah, it's not quite it. It's close, <laughs> though. And you can yeah. tell like if you could wear glasses that they actually yeah. put all over the world and then you could go home and enter a world uh, there. Uh, but I think that being blind to everything else going around is that's going to be the biggest hill I think VR is going to have to climb because even yeah. for me as a parent, like I can't just put that on and put headphones on and just have my kids doing whatever. You need to still be aware. And so, but with AR and with glasses that you could see through, I think yeah. that's going to really help that go if if they can figure it out. Yeah, and I think Apple. That's where Apple's going, you know. And Apple has been silently putting in lidar um, sensors on the backs of you know the all, the most recent iPhones and iPads. Mm. So what lidar does, it allows you to essentially get a very detailed scan of the room, all the objects in front of you, you know, in real oh, wow. time. Yeah, mm. and um, so there. That's a key part of. Uh, of augmented reality is being able to mix mm-hmm. the real world with the virtual world. Absolutely. So, so they're going to be coming on strong. So when Apple announces their their virtual reality, augmented reality headset, um, mm-hmm. I, I think it's going to be it's going to be a big deal. And I think, like to your point about like wearing the go- the goggles and glasses and stuff, like I think it won't be really super mass market. Until it's like a pair of Oakleys, you know, or Ray-Bans. I know. Yeah. You know? Yeah. We're far away from them cramming all that tech down to that small. Yeah. But it's going to come fast, though. It's It, it may be far. <laughs> think? We may think it's yeah, far. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yes. But when it happens, I, it's going to happen quick. Yeah. Like, I would say, I would put that out about five years. Like, we'll, we'll be able to go wow, to Best Buy. That'd be incredible. We'll be able to go to Best Buy in about five years, and it might be a little bit chunky. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like they have the Bose, you know I what? think like they have the Bose sunglasses right now. Have you seen those? Yeah, I think Ray Ban's got one too that like okay. records mm-hmm. on the side and stuff like that. Yeah, um, for music. But the thing, yeah. right? I'm glad to hear about um, Apple because one of the things I always think about Apple is like they don't necessarily, and I'm making somebody mad again here. I don't think Apple invents much, but I think they mm-hmm. take what exists and perfect it. They yeah. make things, um, you know, they make things amazing. It's not like iPhone, the first thing that had a screen on it. You know, I was right. definitely using on my touch screen. I was definitely using my finger before. Now, I was, I was supposed to be using a stylus, but I was using my finger. <laughs> but I think yeah. that Apple sees something. I think Siri was probably maybe their only miss. But, like, they see things and they're able to perfect them in ways that you're like, yeah, Apple did that. 
You know what yeah, I mean? Like right, and you look right. at the memojis and things like that, and nobody's yeah. doing memojis on a level that Apple's doing yeah. on. You know, and, right? And yeah, so totally. I think that yeah. I, I'm excited to hear that they're in the market for a headset because I think they could pull it off. Yeah, it's going to get really interesting here pretty quick. You know, because even mm. here, like I'm located in Seattle. Um, most mm-hmm. people don't know, like Meta, I mean, they've had like 600 jobs open in the Seattle Sheesh. area for the virtual reality division. And then they have another 600 jobs open in Silicon Valley. They, they're growing Goodness Amazon gracious. just for virtual reality alone. Like they, people mm-hmm. don't understand the scale of how serious Mark Zuckerberg is about this. And yeah, and the other tech companies, you know, like you said, Microsoft, Apple, Google, they're not going to sit around and take that. Right? No, gonna... sir. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Figure out something. I just wonder what the age range is. Right. Because I would yeah. think that like my wife is not doing that. There's yeah, no way right. she does it. Right. And so mm-hmm. I just wonder who they're going to be aiming at, because obviously you're going to make it look like it's cool and for everybody. And I think that's what Nintendo's done so well with the Switch. If you notice, none of their early commercials had only kids in it. They had, like, college, you know, kids in it. And then it had parents in it playing with their kids instead of feeling like, oh, this is a kid thing. And it was like, no, this is a college-age thing. And so when the Switch came out, you couldn't find that thing for, like, two years. It was sold Mm. out all over the place. And everybody was buying it because it was so easy to pick up and take with them. Um, And so it's going to be interesting to see who they market to because Apple has everybody. Um, they're yeah. not the lion's share of computers out there, but, you know, everybody thinks Apple is great. And so it's yeah. going to be interesting because, like, so my wife's 36. And so I'm yeah. thinking that's still really young to not want to adopt a new technology. But I don't yeah. see her throwing on a headset. You know what I mean? Who do you think yeah, they're going to be I mean, marketing to? Yeah, I think, and this is where I think virtual reality has a problem. It's kind of a bit of a technology mm-hmm. looking for a solution because, the big money, I mean, even when you look at the iPhone and the iPad, it didn't really hit super big until businesses said, okay, we want to start buying these for our employees, you know, mm, mm-hmm. and, and they know that. And so they, I know that Mark Zuckerberg has talked about this because they have the, I think it's called workrooms right now for the Quest headset, which mm-hmm. is like Zoom in virtual reality. Yeah, with the VR. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but the big the big problem that it has right now is it can't do eye tracking. Like if I'm looking at you across the room in virtual reality, it can't it's not tracking my eyes. So the next mm. version of the Quest headset will have actually eye tracking. Um, so you can actually yep. and track the PSVR track is going to have eye tracking as well. Yeah, and so that's why they want it is because they know like if I can look across a room and look at you you know, now we can have meetings. We can have m- meaningful meetings, and then that will be the Trojan yep. horse into businesses. Mm-hmm. So, well, and it's going to be, yeah. and you're going to start opening up the realm to um, people that are handicapped, um, yeah, and can't do all the moving around that you know that you know I would do, an a- able-bodied person would do. Um, yeah. And so now, with you know, with being able to do that, and we saw, we've seen all kind of tech with how. Uh, people with uh, disabilities can talk and look at a screen yeah. and, and stuff yeah. like that. If you can build that into the VR headset, then you open it up to to another realm of people that might want to get out of their current situation and be yeah. able to, you know, that that would be really, yeah. really cool. have new capabilities in the metaverse. They, they have That's new right. capabilities in the metaverse. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Another thing, too, I feel like would be, you know, like, say for your wife would be people who – 
you know, our like architects, you know, because our architects today build like foam models and stuff to mm. create 3D renderings. Well, like now you can actually design the building in VR, put up the wall, put up the door, mm. walk through it. Like, and you can do that in real time today, you know, say on the That's Quest headset. Crazy. So once, once no, more architects, young architects start to see that, um, mm-hmm. other d- design oriented types of things. Um, I that's where I think the business world is really going to get hooked in. And I think too the the thing that uh, the Quest did that was brilliant mm-hmm. was get rid of all the wires. Yes, totally. You know what I'm saying? Like even yeah. PSVR two, they've got the cameras on the front too, so they can yeah. see. You know, and that's how they're going to be doing the tracking. But you're still going to be tethered to the console. And so mm, the fact yeah. when the Quest came out, you know, because they have other ones, you know, they, you know, obviously HTC uh, has the Vive and all that, but all yeah. of it's still connected to the computer. And so exactly. to be able to be wireless and still pack all that power is going to be super important. Yeah, 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 totally. So anyway, well, that's where that's all going. So I, I, I can't <laughs> wait to see you in the metaverse. I can't wait to yeah, like hear hear your voice in the metaverse on all different game titles. <laughs> I'm, gonna have, and... I'm gonna have hair in the metaverse. I'm definitely getting some hair <laughs> going on in the right. metaverse. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> well, great. So, Gabe, where can we find you on social media and stuff? Oh man, I'm really boring. I'm just at Gabe Patillo everywhere. G A B E P A T I L L O. I'm mm-hmm. not on everything. I'm on Twitter and barely on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then uh, Video Gabe's V I D E O G A B E S is my handle on PlayStation oh, on yeah. on Xbox. Uh, so come find your boy. Uh, and, and I'm all over the place over there. So. Uh, okay. Yeah, and then obviously GabePatillo.com. That's where I house uh, okay. a lot of my VO stuff. So if you mm-hmm. want to just come see, you know, some of my reels, and there's a connect with me at the bottom there. So yeah, man. And and come see the Hits Deep Tour. Or come see Mac. the Hits Deep Tour, baby. We we're doing the theater tour first in the fall of 2022, and then mm-hmm. yeah, hitting it up back up 2023. It'll be mm-hmm. us and uh, David Crowder with a couple friends coming along. So that'll be a it'll be a rocking time for sure. Come cool. check us out. All right, Gabe. It was so great to hang out with you, man. And you um, too, Derek. Yeah, yeah. So I'll, I'll come to the come to one of your shows here again. Yes, um, sir. I used to come to a lot when Byron and I were <laughs> hanging out. Yeah. Um, so I'll be sure to be at one here again soon. So, and um, yeah, and I'd love to, you know, maybe come and be a guest on Married to the Game sometime. Ooh, come on, baby. All right, now, now we talking. We can talk Star Wars games. <laughs> there we go. There you go. I love it. Yeah. All right, Gabe. Well, thanks a bunch, and we'll see you next time. Appreciate you.